0: Hello, bonjour, welcome to the Football Well English Podcast. I'm your host Liam, and once again this week I'm joined by Tom. Hello everyone. And Jonathan. Hello, hello. In this episode we'll be discussing, finally at last, O.L.'s first win of the season. Uh, We'll be taking a look at the uh, Europa League draw, which sees O.L. in Group A, and we'll also be having a look at transfers, as today we're recording number... 31st of August, which is indeed deadline day. So we've um, got some uh, transfers to come in, L- luckily enough incoming. So all that to come. But to begin with, let's discuss OL's win against Norts. Obviously, we've recorded three episodes this season in terms of waiting for OL to win. Luckily, finally, they've won. Not the most vintage Leon performance, but again, teams we spoke about a lot last season, teams need to win ugly, and that was um, necessarily what we saw, I guess, on Friday night. Um, the first half goal from Dembele put us ahead. Solid performance in a sense, I guess, when considering the way they'd played in recent matches, but Paqueta brought ball down, his effort rebounded. Then belly put the ball home. Uh, what did you kind of the performance? Obviously, Leon weren't at their best. They weren't necessarily a team of, I don't know, the the highest standard we were playing in Nantes, But they gave us a difficult game, Tom.
1: Yeah, it it wasn't the most sexy performance I'll say I think um we will ever see from, from OL and hope well I mean I'm hoping this is not the sexiest we'll ever see them because this is kind of tragic if that's the, the best we can do. Um but you know what we get three points. Um I think that's the main thing we need to take out of it. Uh Dembele scored another goal, which is good. He keeps him on the go. Um especially with all the transfer speculations with buying another striker. It's good to see him that he can got the shoulders to to keep us uh, going this season um i think some players were quite poor i think there was a lack of intensity when we see the great performance we had at least for the first half against claremoor it's kind of disappointing um because it feels like we're doing two steps forwards and two steps back every time but um you know you got to take out the positives Uh, there's some Pretty decent performances from from Lopez, particularly from from Auer, uh to an extent, and even Paqueta at times was, was really good. So um, individual good performances. I think collectively could have been a lot better, but um, you know what? We take the the three points. We can't complain too much about that.
0: I guess Tom mentioned it there, Jonathan. The three points, in, in terms of the way OL have started the season. The performance is kind of secondary in that sense, isn't it? In the fact that we finally got those three points.
2: I mean, we needed to win or it would have been a real crisis, probably. You know, uh, right now the win's huge point-wise because it puts us back in the middle, not too far back from our rivals. So that was, that was the number one priority was to win. I thought the first half was decent. It was decent. We had some, some movements that we didn't see in the past. You know, the goal, the goal actually, the first 30 seconds before the goal, it's a lot of passing and movement that's pretty positive. And then the long ball from Iman Resh and obviously Paqueta with his talent. So I think it was a decent first half. The second half was just, again, I don't understand why they can't keep doing what they're doing and they always collapse mentally a little bit. And I'm hoping that changes. I think the international break comes at the right time to give uh, Bosch more time to practice with his players. And kind of, um, you know, train them for his style of, of, of play. Um, but I, I think overall it was, we're never going to, honestly, at the end of the season, we're never going to think back about this game and think, oh, what about that not match? But, you know, a win's a win and, and we'll take it at this point.
0: And as I mentioned earlier, uh, I guess winning Ugly is a, an important part of every season, considering the way they start the season, not in a, not in vintage aspects, anyway. I think three points is the most important thing. You mentioned there there were a few um, few standout performers: Lopez, Paqueta, Awa. Is there any one there in particular, Tom, that you want to um, elaborate on as a as a shout out? I think Lopez had a particularly good game in terms of serve.
1: Yeah, I was going to mention Lopez. I think um, individually, the outfield players weren't good throughout the game. Like they had very good peaks. Look, Paquetta particularly. Uh, but Lopez was consistently saving us uh, and keeping us uh, ahead. Um, And I'm sure we can discuss this, but uh, how much of the whole transfer speculation with Fernanda, how much that's impacted him and whether um, that'll be a positive for the season. Um, Is that something we need to do every summer with him? Like put him a good deal of pressure to say, we're going to sign... John Donnarumma next summer, uh, you better be good, otherwise you're going to be replaced, I don't know, uh, but it seems like it's worked, uh, you know, new hair colour, um, new new kit, and he's ready to go and he made some very good saves, um, whether that's the the header on the corner was, was really good, um, the free kick as well, yeah, Rhea had to go and get it, so it's the type of saves that you expect him to make because he's always really good on his line. But it's always good to applaud him when he does do them because that's you know, he gained us three points as much as Dembele has. So, hats off to him and uh, hats off to Dembele for scoring that chance. I don't think he had a great game overall, but um, you know, he's got to score it. Um, so, hats off to him. Uh, and I think the last one I'll shout out, and yes, because Pechetto had a great game, it's easy to say him and Lekip pointed him out. But I think Bruno actually had a pretty decent game as well. Um, you know, he's he's brought out that great ball towards Paqueta, and deservedly should have got an assist. But the the, the finishing wasn't great from Paqueta at the end. But he had a great game overall. So I, I think uh, Bruno, Lopes, and and Dembele probably
0: the three of all make stand out. I guess. I think they're all fair shouts. I think, as you say, when you talk about a game that's not necessarily um, the most enthralling to watch or vintage performance, really picking out key players can be quite difficult. Um, is there anyone that you think Tom's missed there? Jonathan, obviously, you mentioned Lopez, Dembele, Bruno. Is there anyone you think he's missed that a particularly good game?
2: I'll go again with uh, with my guy Emerson. I thought he's uh, interesting. I mean, I just i am so glad we have a left-back finally. It makes such a difference. He's never caught in a defensive mistake where there's someone behind him like Dubois had a decent performance, all right. But there's so many times where he just, the guy behind him with a lot of space and he just lets that happen. And Emerson doesn't make those kind of mistakes. So I'm so glad he's there. I thought his, his, his corner, he was taking all the corner kicks for some reason. I don't know why they chose him, but he was doing a decent job on corner kicks, better than other players in the past. Um, that, that was an interesting role for for him so besides those three I'd like to add Emerson but obviously Lopez man of the match even though Paqueta won it because he's more popular I guess um, but you know Lopez got us the points we would not have won without a good performance from him.
0: I think that's the, the most telling statement of the game really in the performance when, when your goalkeeper wins you the three points especially in a one nil win against a team that struggled last season really to stay in the division. It kind of tells you that Lyon weren't at the best, but considering what we've seen in recent weeks, it's a starting point and a building block, I guess, in terms of where we want to be going in the, well, the next few weeks with hopefully a few wins after the international break. You mentioned it then, Tom, about uh, Lopez. Do you think this uh, transfer, so obviously, was he coming? Was he coming? Obviously, we're at We're sat here with, what, three hours left of deadline day. It looks highly unlikely that he comes in now. But do you think this has spurred him on the fact that the hires really, you know, Janinho, Balsand, all has considered bringing in another goalkeeper this summer?
1: I think uh, if he'd come into the club on honour, he would have definitely put a lot of pressure on Lopez. Um, But I think... I don't know how exactly Lopez handles with pressure. You know, there's a question of if you put a real rival to him. He's not really been, like, pushed to his limits, has he, since he's been, you know, number one. Uh, it's not Polos Beck. It's not, who else have we had? jean uh, Some of those names don't really, you know, they're not going to push him to his limits. And so knowing that a top-class keeper could have come uh, means that, yes, he might have said, well, the club don't really trust me and so on but I'm going to show them that I deserve to be um, the number one keeper. And let's be honest, I, I don't know if, if you take overall his performances, uh, Lopez, is he really going to go to a club any higher than O.L.? I don't know if he's worthy of playing in a Champions League club, like top, top club. So realistically, O.L. are not exactly at their their place in Europa League and should be playing in Champions League, but it's not a debate. Um But if he realizes that he's not going to go any higher than Noel and it's his club, you know, it's his lifelong club, he might as well do his best to stay there. Um, So I think he's really pushing for himself to, you know, maybe this is, other than just being number one in his club, he might even be pushing to be number one for his national team as well. So I think it's in his interest of of playing this well. and Hopefully we keep on seeing it. Um, I don't know if we have to do a, Anana saga every summer um, to for him to be like this, but it definitely worked. So good on him, and hopefully it lasts throughout the season.
0: I think that's the main thing to note. That obviously it's probably evoked a short-term reaction from him that you know he was considered maybe not surplus to requirements, but replaceable in the squad this season with probably some. Considering O'Nana, considering what he's done on the European stage, anyway. Do you think this is something that could have a lasting effect long term on the final? Do you just think it could be, you know, he has a good few games and then he probably creeps back into his shell a little bit as we go on with the season?
2: I mean, you know, what would have been better than having a rumor would have been having Onana. You know, having a person to push him is kind of the idea that Juninho had that he wants, a, you know, good teams have a two good goalkeepers right now that's the new trend so that probably would have pushed him more um but on the other hand maybe i i don't know i don't know i don't think he wasn't trying before and you know having someone else or being told that he could be on the way out makes him try harder or increase or improve your performances so i just think he's uh he's the player he is in the past I, I don't see a difference it's just he had a good performance he's had good performance in the past. He's gonna make mistakes like he had. We know who he is by now. He's not a new goalkeeper. Um, he's got a great, you know, some great attributes, a lot of reflex and and very agile, and does tremendous saves that other goalkeepers can't do. But he also makes bad mistakes once in a while, and that's not gonna change. So, um, and and his playing and you know with his feet, he's not the best goalkeeper. So, um, it is what it is. We have him. He's the number one this season again. Um, you know, you have to give him props because he loves Lyon. That's one thing. And he loves Lyon. He's also one of those who never criticize his winning mentality. He always wants to win. And he's not one of those who has a bad mentality. And he he actually is a legend of the club. I mean, by the time he's done, he's going to be one of the most, you know, capped players in history. So I think, uh, you know, this is his season, really. This is his last season to show whether he's going to be for the rest of his career or whether they're going to move on for someone else.
0: Yeah, as you mentioned there, I think he just recently made his three hundred and eightieth appearance for the club. So it, it kind of shows you the longevity he's had, and it's rare that you know, a goalkeeper manages to stay in goal that long. So he's obviously done some things wrong, he's obviously liked, and it'll be interesting to see how he gets on this season. Um, obviously, we mentioned at the start of the show we're going to be talking about the Europa League. I think you wanted to cover that in a bit more, Tom. So I'll uh, allow you to uh, review those uh, proceedings that we had on Friday in the uh, Europa League.
1: Well, if you were unlucky enough to have to sit in front of of the Europa League draw, uh, you realised how long these events are with UEFA. It's 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 tragic. It really is. Like they they put. The Champions League draw was was about an hour and a half uh, and uh, there was no reason for it. And he spent about 10 minutes trying to understand what the groups are supposed to be because he can't play on the same night as a club in the same country. Nothing really makes sense. But eventually we have a draw and Leon have been put up against Rangers, um, Spartak Prague and Brondby. Um, all have one, one thing in common, they were all kicked out of the Champions League qualifiers which is fascinating, you know, the fact that they've all had to go through those qualifiers and all failed, just like Monaco have, means that we've got, yes, it might not be the hardest of draws we could have had, um, but it's also a draw with top European clubs that should have been playing Champions League football, like we probably should be as well. So to go a bit more into details, the Rangers of Glasgow are managed by Steven Gerard uh, or Gerard, sorry, uh, Gerrard, pronounced uh, pronounce it better, uh, and the Scottish champions, uh, and they're one of the biggest clubs in the UK and throughout the world, to be honest. Um, they went unbeaten for the large part of last season, but unfortunately went out to Malmö in, in the qualifiers and dropped back to Europa League. So historic crowd; it's one of the best ones in the world, and uh, I'm sure it'll be a rather difficult away game uh, in our Ibrox which I know that you are interested in going, Liam, amongst many other fans from the UK.
0: Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh,
1: the next club is Sparta Prague, who were kicked out by Monaco uh, at the same stage. Um, they have not a great reputation in terms of crowds, although they're, they're very feisty and very intense. They also have unfortunate proceedings with UEFA when it comes to Insulting players, I'll put it that way, Um, but they have a great academy and a very talented squad. They've produced the likes of of Adam Makhlosek recently and um, they're emerging as a a solid team again in in Europe uh, who are consistently, or hopefully consistently, uh, will be qualifying for Europa League or even pushing further for for Champions League. Um, Again, there'll be another menacing crowd when we go to, to their place in the Czech Republic. And finally, Brunby, who who themselves were kicked out by RB Salzburg from the qualifiers. Uh, It's their first qualification for European group stage since the UEFA Cup in 2005, uh, which feels like a a long time ago. Uh, But again, another strong crowd, very famous for their pyrotechnics. So um, all three games away should be a, a challenging one, and hopefully we bring them a difficult crowd as well to play against once they come to to France. Uh, I don't think it's the hardest group we could have had. Uh, I'm not going to say it's the easiest either, but we have dodged the likes of Leicester, PSV, West Ham, or even better, Seville. So I think uh, we've done quite well. Uh, We were quite lucky to that extent, but uh, there's no pushover in this group. So I'm going to go to you, Liam, first. What do you think of... of, of, I mean, it's going to be difficult away games, but overall, do you think there's a good chance we'll do well in this
0: group. I think you mentioned there in a sense the idea that we've basically been drawn against three teams that should have been in the Champions League or had the opportunity to qualify for the Champions League. So there's no there's no real pushover in there. I know having watched rangers a little last season and this weekend in the old firm derby they're not a team that are uh, Easy to beat, you know the the well-drilled. Gerard's a good manager. I'm obviously going to say that, but I genuinely do believe he's a good manager. Uh, they've got some dangerous players, as you've just said. Sparta Prague, Kolescheck's a player to look look out for. He's a a young talent coming through. Uh, and Bromby are the same. They're a team that have been in the Champions League previously. Have gone far in um, this competition as well. If my me- my memory doesn't escape me as well, so. Three teams that have got history in European football, really. Obviously, Sparta Prague beat Leicester last season. So that shows they're a capable team. Uh, Rangers have always been around Slavia Prague rather than Spartak. Was it Slavia Prague? Mm. All right. So potentially, even still, (laughs) I mean, to to be in the competition, you've got to be a good team. Are you sure it wasn't Sparta Prague?
1: Well, I I know they definitely played Slavia, um, who are. Were the really bad ones, and then Sparta might have been, might have played them as well, but they definitely were kicked out by Slavia at the end of last season.
0: Um, all right, okay, that's that's a mistake on my behalf. Apologies for that, but even still, we've got a I'm sure capable team with players very, like Wojcik, you know playing at the Euros this summer. Um, they're all difficult places to go especially in Eastern Europe, the atmospheres of football, you know, places like Czech Republic, Poland are always difficult places to go. Hopefully we can do the same, but it should be an interesting group. You know, Leon have got a good team. We've got a good manager who's got experience in this competition. We've added to our squad as well, which does fill me with a bit of confidence. I think in a sense, we're probably one of the favourites for the competition based on the teams in the group stage, which... May not stand us in good stead, but even still, I would. I'd fancy our chances to at least get out of this group. I wouldn't expect us to have too many troubles, but saying that it's Leon, so I won't. I won't make um, any predictions.
1: I will say this: um, if, if for the new rules of the of the Europa League with Conference League arriving, means that uh, the first uh, the team that finishes first in this group will go straight to the last sixteen. Uh, And then the other one, the team that finishes second, will have a playoff against one of the third teams from the Champions League in order to get into the last 32 or even last 16. But there's definitely a playoff. You've got to play finish second. So ideally, we do push for a first slot, which would make life slightly easier. how well do you think we'll fare in this group, Jonathan? Is it, uh, are you worried by some of these teams or is it something that you're confident that we can do really well?
2: I'm, I'm not worried because, you know, how the pot, we're pot one, which we're actually number one of pot one, um, but the, you know, you always play a pot two that's a decent team. And of course, when you look at the pot twos, no one would have said Rangers were the top pot two team. So we got lucky there. Um, and then pot three, pot four, they have only a few of each pots that are tough teams that shouldn't really belong in that category, and um, because they don't have history of European games like Leicester and you said like PSV West Ham, you know, but those teams we we didn't hit any of them, so you know it should be two wins against Prague, two wins against Bromby, that's enough already to make it to the qualification. I, I know there's the new rules now, and then Rangers, you know, it's a tough game, but I think we should. Now, I hear a lot of people who sometimes lack confidence in OL and they kinda of get down. But you know, in Europe in European games, we are we've been really good. I mean, we're people don't want to play, you know, we've a history of being, you know, good in Europe and beating these teams. So I think we're gonna finish first. We should finish first. We have the biggest budget, we have the best players. Um, so I think we got lucky when you look at the other teams, you know, other groups. There's much harder groups, and so um, there's always teams that are difficult to play in Europe. That are different regions, and and you have to travel, and a lot of good fan bases. But that's that's part of the reason we love European football. It's and players should expect that. And you know, coming to Lyon in theory should also be intimidating to the other teams to come in our big stadium with big theory atmosphere. Even though I read that all the games are at six forty-five in the evening, which apparently will make the crowds less because most, a lot of people are not available at that time. So it's a little frustrating, but overall, I think we're going to finish first in the group and uh, you know that's what I'm hoping for.
1: Well, it's good to see a, a bit of confidence uh, from, from you, Jonathan. Uh, I will say this, you know, when you look at Monaco and Marseille's group, yes, they're not. I mean, Monaco on the same pot as we are, and they've ended up with PSV, Sociedad and, and Sturm from, from Austria uh well Marseille have ended up with Lazio Lokomotive Moscow and Galatasaray so i think we've definitely been fairly lucky on that end um compared to the other french clubs uh hopefully you know uh, for those who really follow european football they'll know that portugal have recently surpassed france in the uefa rankings and so this is an opportunity for france to to really go far and, and go back in front of of portugal otherwise it will change a lot of things for qualifying next season for the european competitions which we don't want um and we want to stay to um you know our top five status uh, i you know for myself i've i think that recently the last decade leon have showed that we've not you know downplayed our european status i think overall we, we've avoided a big drama nights like we had with with denim zagreb a few years ago or being kicked out from by teams from Cyprus and so on. I don't think we do. We would do that anymore uh, recently. And as you said, Bosch has a pedigree in Europe, uh, not going necessarily very far, but he did do a final with Ajax. You know, it's not regularly going far, but he did do a final uh, when he beat us uh, in 2017. So I, I trust the team. Uh, I think we've, as you said, you've, we've bulked up. Uh, we've got a bigger squad, better quality squad. And hopefully we can push quite far. It's a shame that the kit isn't as great as we would have hoped to, but um, that's the way it is. And um, yeah, hopefully we we push quite far. I'm gonna. I think Golas has said that we are aiming at least for the semi final, uh, which is a realistic aim. Uh, hopefully we we'll get that far and have some more amazing European nights, like you know Benzema's first great European night against Rangers a whole fifteen years ago. So hopefully we get more great nights against Rangers and the other teams. Um, I think it's back to you, Liam, for, for transfers.
0: Yeah, obviously, as you mentioned, uh, our Europa League chances will be uh, bolstered massively by um, incomings. But before we first discuss the latest incoming and what looks like to be the final incoming, um, obviously, Kornay left the club um, as start he's played 250 games for the club he basically averaged a goal or assist every three matches which is pretty pretty good in the sense for you know corner is not coming to a, an elite forward so to get those sort of returns from him isn't terrible um lots of people have been saying you know he's he's contributed a lot to the club obviously we talk we think about man city it's the first thing that comes into our heads and Rightly so, you know, his, his record against Manchester City is incredible. Um, do you think he deserves more respect than what he's got in the probably last week, really, in terms of, you know, he's gone to Burnley and pointed at the Umbro badge instead of the Burnley badge? And, you know, people have gone, oh, it's Paul, does things like this on the football pitch, that type of thing. Do you think he commands a bit more respect than what um, what he's been given, really, Jonathan?
2: It's hard, you know, there's a lot of disagreement about this. Um, there are some some supporters who actually like him. I was speaking to someone the other day, and they love Kornet, they love Toko, love kadawari They don't understand why anyone would recruit players to replace them. Um, so there are other fans out there who like him. Um, he did have a very successful career with Lyon. You have to say that that's true. You can't, whether his performances were great or not, you know he had a good performance and um you'll always remember his goals against man city i'll always remember that so at least you know when you leave club with a legacy and you played and you made money and you played for years you know it's considered a good a good step and he's still really young so um good good luck to him and uh, i think we're he's getting the respect he deserves somewhat by some people some are harsh some are not but i i'm i for for me i'm I'm happy for him. I think he, he, I will respect him on his way out and thank him. Um, you know, Govu said something the other day. Oh, I wish he should have stayed. I mean, so a lot of of disagreements there, but he's, um, I think it was the right time for him to go. You know, we have to let go of players at some point and it was the right time. It helped the club financially. So, you know, good luck. Uh, It's a
0: short book effective answer in terms of what corner of respect i guess you know his last action in a sense for leon was getting sent off which again it it doesn't it doesn't bode too well when you think about him as a footballer i guess you can throw stats around like he's got 80 goal contributions around that ballpark figuring nearly 250 years which if you look at that on the face of things for someone that's probably played at least 40 of those games as a full back. You think, yeah, they're pretty good numbers. But do you think, do you think this sort of last two seasons really taints his time at Leon, Tom? Obviously, we've discussed on this podcast that we think in a forward area is a useless, not a useless, (laughs) a useful asset to Leon. But again, probably at left back, he is useless. So, I mean, what, what do you think in terms of, do you think this last probably 18 months has tainted what people think about him? I mean, he's never been revered as a as a, a wonderful footballer or a fan favourite, but do you think if he'd not had this spell at left-back, we'd be talking about him differently?
1: It's definitely not useless, though, I will say. I think that's a,
0: <laughs> that's a, that's a key point.
1: Um, no, I think, unfortunately, his main time at the club as a winger was also shadowed by someone who played pretty much like him as in the name of Burton Traore. I think that's his main spell up there was against Traore and they play very similar football. Um, I've seen a lot of things about Corday and I've also seen a lot of people saying that he's never given up and I'll, I'll admit you know he's played in very different positions, he's never complained not all that much about playing at left back or playing in different positions and and being pushed around. But he's he was always fought for the club. And I think as a you know warrior and a as a champion in terms of mentality, great. You know, uh he's he's a great player and that's that's amazing. But I think unfortunately he doesn't know how to defend and that's not what his academy level has taught him. And so I think yeah, his his legacy might be slightly tainted by that. Uh, but all again, you know, in that Time he's also had the chance to score that goal against City at left back, so it, it's there's different ways of approaching it. I don't have a personal issue with Cornet. I think he might have done too much time at the club. Um, also had a great opportunity if he was starting up front. You know, I've always said his best position is number nine, and he didn't really get a, an opportunity to do that, so it's a shame because I think, um, he was he was a at times a good footballer. Um, we didn't really give him a chance. Was he good enough for Leon? I'm not sure, but, you know, we will remember his goals, His all his four goals against Man City. Um, so, good on him, and he made me cry last summer, so I'll give him that, you know. Uh, so, long live Maxwell Cornet, and uh, I have a special message to to George, if he's listening, our old friend who's, uh, who's getting um, Maxwell Cornet again uh, in his club in Burnley. So he'll be delighted to have him again on board.
0: Just a quick one about Corny, obviously. You you summarise the, the feelings that George is probably feeling right now about Corny, I'm sure. And maybe we can get a response from him on that one. But um, going back to an OL perspective, do you think the finances are a positive thing? Obviously, he came to Leon from Mets for what, I think five hundred thousand euros, something like that, which is in a sense quite a small figure for someone who's gone on to I think fifteen million euros is the fee we're getting up front for him. Obviously fifteen percent of that's gone to Mets as part of the sell on clause. But if you consider we've probably got thirteen around thirteen million euros for him, are you happy with that considering the investment and what he's given to the club, Jonathan? And-
2: how could we not? You know, it was a great transfer fee, especially for COVID. I think we could, you know, that's really a good transfer for the, this kind of time. Maybe if he hadn't been a left back and it stayed at the left wing, it would have been a little bit more because people, some people who don't know him that look up, oh, he only scored three goals for last season, something like that, you know, um, and they don't pay attention to the fact that he's not playing a winger anymore. Um, but it's it, you can't deny that. It was a great cap gain over his period. You know, we bought him as an eighteen year old. We sold him at a twenty-three uh, year old or something with a nice, nice you know, it really helped the club. You know, right now, if the transfer window ends right now, we have a plus forty million dollar net profit, and that's very good for that. We were trying to get sixty, I think, at the beginning of the transfer window, but we're still number two, I think, in the whole league in terms of the profit. So that's a great Smart decision for the club. We needed him to leave. We don't need him right now. So, um, great spell again from from the team.
0: I mean, yeah, that's a, it's a fair. It's a fair assumption based on the finances on Korna. I'd say, could we have got a little more for him this season before this left back? Potentially, you know, a year younger. Probably not be cursed with his, uh, some of his catastrophic performances at left back, but I don't think it, that's his doing. I think we're all in agreement that he'd um, be a much better option for Leon than any club he goes to if Burnley fans are listening. I wouldn't, I'd hope that Sean Dyke doesn't use him as a left back because that's not his best position. In wide areas, you know, he can get to the byline, cross a ball, he's quick. So he would add something different to your team and. Hopefully you can enjoy him a bit more than we have done in the last couple of years and we wish him the best of luck in Burnley. Obviously that concludes the outgoings. I wouldn't expect to see anything else. Obviously we're in the dying hours as we record this, but on the more positive front, O.L. have been in pursuit of a centre-back. Obviously we discussed the debacle of Marcelo who's now playing in the reserves, played with the reserves at the weekend. You saw fans taking selfies with um, Marcelo. But in his replacement, Leon now looking like signing it. As we're told, he's flown into Leon. He's been pictured with Janino and some fans. All our TV have had the cameras out. He's completed the first half of his medical in uh, Germany and he's flown to Lyon this evening. A World Cup winner, you know, he's won Champions Leagues. He's won God knows how many Bundesligas. And for a free transfer, we can welcome Jerome Boateng. Leon, which, uh, for me personally, is a it's not something I expected to be saying at uh, twenty fifty six on a, a Tuesday evening on deadline day, but uh, here we are. Obviously, it's been a an unpredictable transfer window, but when we've got someone like that coming to the club, it's obviously a a, a kind of big moment. It's like a you you could say it's a A big signing, a marquee sign, in the sense that he's going to come in for free as well. But uh, what do you uh, what do you make of the signing? In the sense, I guess, really, obviously, he's going to um, he's going to bring a lot in for the younger players like Luke Abardy and Monday to learn from a World Cup winner, a Champions League winner, basically someone who's done it all. Is surely a good thing, right, Tom?
1: He's going to help the players around him. I mean, he's coming in with a huge amount of experience. Uh, 27 titles. I don't know if that's just with Bayern or if that's collectively, but he's got a lot of titles. He's won everything you can win at club level um, and won the World Cup with, with Germany and has been the boss of every defence. I can't say he's always been the best. I think last season he really picked up um, Well, the previous season. The one where he won the Champions League is really when he came back after having Two or three years drought after that messy debacle, um, he came back really stronger and and did really well in that Champions League run. Uh, many say actually he's injured a lot, and I don't think so. You look at his transfer mark record of injuries. He's just been replaced at times by players who play a bit better than him. Lucas Hernandez was one of them last season, um, but we saw him against PSG, for example, and and he's you know he's doing all these long balls and he's pretty, he's going to be really good on the ball. And I think that's important for Bosch. He's, he's going to be a really good ball-playing centre-back. Uh, he's obviously got experience, still very tall and physical, and yeah, he might not be the quickest anymore, uh, but I think he's he's still in very good shape. And hopefully, he's excited of joining a well. I guess it's not Bayern-sized club, but it's a decent club for him to continue his career uh, at his age and not be you know without a contract. So I hope he's excited to come. Uh, he's definitely already in Lyon as we speak and probably will be signing by the time we get this episode out. But um, I think it's a good signing. I don't know how much he'll play, uh, but I imagine once Denier is fully fit, he, that should be the partnership that we should be getting this season. And that's honestly very solid. When you get Emerson, Denier and Boateng, I will not mention the captain, who didn't have his best game on Sunday or Friday, but uh yeah, it's a decent defence. So hopefully that gets us good European experience and gets us quite far, uh, whether that's in league or in the Cups.
0: I mean, I'll come to you, Jonathan. Obviously, we've discussed about the need for a centre-back. You've expressed hopes in Luke by, you know, Diomunde. Looks like he's staying, despite facts they were saying he could go to Twa for 6 million euros. So considering we've got Damian De Silva Danaya Luke Baird and now we're adding Boateng to that do you think we've got more than enough at centre back and are you in a sense looking forward to see someone like that play for Leon? obviously Leon have had some really big names play for them in the recent future and um, going down in the past as well obviously Memphis is one of the biggest players to play for us recently but Boateng, someone who's been there, done that, like Shakiri as well. You know, they played together at Bayern Munich, they've won trophies. Is this the sort of uh, signing that Lyon need in terms of experience? And, you know, does it really bolster our defensive line?
2: I'm, I'm really pleased and, and happy and, and I mean surprised that we were able to get this kind of player. Um, you know, top-class player. People like to give us a hard time with players that are finished. You know, PSG just got Sergio Ramos, who's older. Didn't play at all last season. They have similar um, terms of success. I mean, you know, he won nine times the Bundesliga, two Champions League, the World Cup, um, and he played last season pretty. You know, one of the best player, best defenders on on Bayern Munich. Not a bad one. He was he was definitely decent on one of the best teams, a team that plays high, that has the ball, that fits our style. Um, I, I'm I think when you compare Marcelo and Boateng. I mean that's really the replacement. We we were going to start the season and you know before the summer window started it was Marcelo and Danayir. That was the idea, sort of uh, maybe Diomande making an appearance. Lukimbo is not even in the picture. De was a backup, and so you take out Marcelo and you put Boateng. I mean this is a world's apart. I mean Boateng is younger than Marcelo, like a year and a half younger and clearly better. You know they say he's slow and stuff, but you know Marcelo's slow so just a, a great a winner i'm just and i am really excited he's the kind of player that gets me kind of like i want to buy a jersey with his name on it i, I i'm very excited to have that he's got that class that we have and when you look at the starting lineup now you know Denier your that looks solid to me and yeah, that looks like a good league you know, people you know i like it i think it's it's sexy let's say that
0: i think just naming those two names together Denier and Boateng. you consider where we were at last season, obviously Marcelo had a good season, but can we really say he's ever going to get, or has ever been at the level that we know Boiteng can reach? Obviously 32 is, in a sense, for a centre-back, it's not necessarily that old. Obviously some centre-backs can go on playing 36, 37 at a top level. And Obviously Boiteng has had his injuries in the past. Tom mentioned that it's not as bad as some would have, do you believe? But to have someone like that maybe play twenty five thirty games for Leon next season, you know, a, a world renowned name, someone that's won everything, can lead the back line, provide his influence to younger players is a is a a positive thing. I would say. Um, before we uh, wrap things up, I just want to um, get your opinion on the transfer window as a whole. Obviously, two weeks ago we were sat here and we'd signed Enrique and. I mean the silver things were looking a bit low but obviously now we're we're at a point two hours before the window shuts, we've signed Shaqiri, Emerson and Boateng. Considering where we were at and considering what we needed, Tom are you you satisfied with the business we've done this window?
1: I mean things can change in the next two hours, who knows Um, we might have um, Clement Grenier or or Gaston Ramirez I don't know, whoever's on the Free agent transfer, uh, transfer marked website page. Um, we could sign. Um, no, no, no I don't know. I think as as you put on Twitter earlier. Um, if you told me that if we'd sign Shakiri, Boateng, and Emerson, uh, this window, you'd just be like, that's never going to happen. Like, uh, this is Leon. We're going to sign kulamwani um, some average player from League Two, and a reject from a fifth-tier German club. I don't know. Something along those lines. And we've ended up with a European Cup winner, um, a Champions League winner, and a World Cup winner. That's just unheard of in the same window. So everyone keeps on going on about, oh, Messi this, uh, and Ramos that. No, we've signed Shaqiri, Emerson, and Boateng. Now, who's got the best window in France now? No, I'm kidding. it's it's a good window uh it's an experienced window which is good i think that's something that we lacked last season uh hopefully that has a positive impact on the dressing room and that can really bring their experience to the whole you know the whole group um have we really filled all the gaps that we needed i don't know um you know i think we filled center back and left back that's a great positive uh i think Onana would have been really good Uh, for us even to push Lopez uh, to be even better but we've seen that we didn't might not have needed to do that um do we maybe need a top quality center forwards like Asmund and so on I don't know if 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 Dembele really kicks on this season then it's fine um I think we might have been lacking a a left winger because I still don't believe that our is a as a proper winger uh, he's a great creator and i will be a great player and it's great that he stayed uh but i don't think we've, we've got the proper winger that we wanted uh that can you know go to the byline and cross properly so i think that's the only thing that we're missing uh we might be someone that we we signed tonight you know the likes of Ribery and martial have been talked about recently um dom so i'm, I'm I would say 70%, 75% happy with this window. I think there was a real need uh, as a winger. Uh, and the fact that Thiago Mendes is still here rather than John Lucas is a slight disappointment. Uh, but we've kept our key players. You know, We've kept Capgray, we've kept Bruno, Paqueta, Awar. Um, you know, we'll be getting the lead back into the squad at uh, some point in the next few weeks, which will be considered as a signing because we've not seen him really played since he's arrived. So and we've made good business. You know, we've made 40 million euros uh, profit. So uh, I'd be happy if I was, you know, Janino and so on. So I believe in the club. Uh, maybe there's a last sign that it comes through the door and, we, you know, 100% happy with the window. Um, but I, I'm going to stay cautious and see how Shakiri, Boateng really impact the squad. We've already seen that Emerson plays great. So um for that and i'm really happy so probably one of our better windows recently at least
0: would you agree with that jonathan obviously to uh, sign those sorts of plays would have been unexpected you know A, a euros winner just recently you know a champion two champions league winners again not in the too distant past as well were you expecting that and would that sort of influenced the way you rate this window? I think Tom probably gave the window based on his 70%, 75%. There were seven or seven and a half out of 10. Would you rank in the same estimates or even higher?
2: Um, You know, I think what I liked about this transfer window so far is it, you can tell what Junior wants to do. He has a special kind of player he wants. He wants winners. We have about five Champions League back to the club right now, Sort you know, in terms of, of trophy room. um and he wants these winners that can surround the team, and, and he's gotten three winners, so that's good, obviously, and more winners will be better. There's still there was two, or one big gap was a left-back position. We needed left-back. That was, everyone agreed we needed left-back. He got a good left-back for, for basically 500000 I mean, that's incredible. And then he got, you know, Shakiri, which is an experienced player, to add, to basically create instead of Memphis, a different role, but to create instead of Memphis. And then Marcelo had this issue and they replaced him with Boateng, so so far. And we didn't really sell much in terms of players that actually had an impact last season. So we kept Awar, we kept Dembele, we kept Paqueta, we kept Kimah we kept Kakarid. They're all still there. So we're, we're stacked in terms of um, every position has a player. I would have liked a real winger, to compete with Awar for that spot where it looks like Awar is going to play, because Awar is, is great. I like Awar, but I would also like another option to be a, a winger that's better than Toko. That's someone a little bit more, um, you know, a real left-footed player. So I'm hoping in the next few hours that's where we get someone on loan, something like that. Um, we'll see. But until then, I still think financially, really excellent transfer window. Spending six million or six and a half million on a transfer window and filling your needs and selling players. I mean, we're the, what's shocking to me is, you know, a few months ago, there was an interview with the head of the DNCG or something. And he was talking about how every play, every team basically needs to sell and the clubs are not aware or they told us all they're going to sell and they're broke. And, you know, next year, if they don't sell now, they're all, some teams are going to go bankrupt and we're, we seem to be one of the only clubs that actually, listened and, and did a good job of selling before buying. PSG sold one player, you know, Bakker, And that's and they just loaned Sarabia. And and you know, Marseille sold no one. And even though know, they said they were going to sell Kamara for like 80 million. You no. Know? And so we're the only team that actually were sound financially. And I think long run, this is a really good transfer window. He gives us opportunities at the next time to buy design free agents if we want or to make an offer at the next transfer window. So um, I'm happy with it. Still praying for a left winger. You know, I, I know they've been trying all day to get a left winger. They've tried Martial, they've tried Sarabia, they've tried William, they've tried Ribery. And so they're, they're looking for that position. So at least we know they're aware. Um, but they haven't closed yet. And time's running out. But let's just, you know, but it is what it is. If it is. If it is, if they get a left winger that we like, it's going to be 100% performance. But so far, I'll give it like a B. I don't know if that is the percentage wise. but it's a B, because I'm in America here, and that's how we do it.
0: <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair, obviously, considering those three players that have come in. Not too youthful, but considering the balance of players we're going to have in the squad, but uh, on the younger side, and am thinking Kakaray, Shirky, probably going to have big seasons, or we'll be having big seasons in the not-too-distant future. So makes sense, the balance of the squad. Hopefully we do bring a player in in the next two hours. I'm going to say I wouldn't expect to see anything. I think uh it's Hugo. I'm not gonna say his surname because I'll ruin it. E-mail. There you go. The um the Lequitte journalist has said that Leon's transfer window is ninety-five percent done. But then again, um uh, he said, I don't I can't say hundred percent done because I wasn't expecting these four players to be approached today and talking to Rabia Ribri, Martial and Willian as transfers to come into the club so who knows? There could be something, but I wouldn't expect to see too much. Boateng should be complete by tomorrow. He's a free agent, so there's no rush to get it done tonight. Um, obviously, Shakiri, Emerson here. We've to add to damian on the silver and Enrique. So I probably give the window a probably same as you, Tom, a good seven and a half out of ten. I think we've we've addressed key issues in the squad. It would have been nice to see a left back coming on a permanent basis. You know, it's a loan option doesn't solve the problems long term but it does solve the problems now and again Boateng and Shikari probably have long term solutions but they're good for the next couple of seasons as well so positive to keep us competing while bosses at the club so yeah I'd agree with a 7 or 7.5 out of 10 um, has anyone got anything else to add? Silence says it all so yep. was good <laughs> to go Um, obviously we'll be um probably talking more about matches now, you know, different third sections is what I say. It's been transfers, transfers, transfers for the past few months. Yeah, it's so been an exciting transfer can... window. It has. It has. It's been filled mixed emotions is what I'd say. We've, there's been times where we've been uh, crying to our microphones <laughs> and then now, you know, we're, um, we're sat here content 10 with a rather positive end to the transfer window, which two weeks ago when we were all saying we don't think we're going to sign anyone, is um, a, a rather Start contrast. So it is positive. I must say we're 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 in a, a good spell right now. Hopefully, I had a couple of wins after the international break, and um, the club will be um, in a much more positive place. So to keep listening for that, obviously we we're, we're going to be here most of the season. The odd episode we may miss. Obviously, we do have personal life, so we can't come to every week. Oh wow! <laughs> We'll do our best, you know. We we had a pretty good record last season. So hopefully, we do the same this season. But other than that, keep listening, keep sharing, and we'll see you on the next one. Cheers, guys. Bye.